we are on which plan shall I choose which plan shall I choose Holy Spirit we thank you we invite your presence and we ask that you speak to us today touch our hearts with the blood of Jesus and give us ears that can hear in Jesus name Amen. We started by saying, you can't do anything without a plan. There's got to be a plan. You're born into the world, and you have to follow a plan for your life. You have a plan for your life. Your mother may have another plan for your life. Your father believes his plan is better, and you've got to follow it. God also has a plan for your life, and Satan has a plan for your life as well, and he hopes you follow that plan. You've got to choose what plan you want to follow. But the key thing to understand is that God knew you way before he formed you in your mother's womb. When God reveals a thing to a prophet, it's not just for the prophet. If it's written in the scriptures, it's for you to gain understanding about who you are in God. When God created you, you are not an accident. It wasn't just a decision of your parents. You were known by God. He created you before he formed you. He created you long before he formed you and created you with a plan. God said to Jeremiah, before I formed you, I knew you. So there is a person before he's formed. He was already existing. God had already created him before God formed him in his mother's womb. God said, I knew you before I formed you. I knew everything about you before I formed you. And I sanctified you, meaning I separated you. Separation, sanctify means to separate, meaning I separated you for my purpose. I created you. Now, you're not going to create or buy anything into your home if you have no plan for it, right? You're not going to create something that you have no plan for. That will be futile. God created you with a plan and he set you apart for that plan. And then ordained him, he said to Jeremiah, I ordained you, meaning I empowered you to accomplish that plan. The plan for your life is different from the the plan for my life. Everybody has a different plan. God didn't call all of us to be uh, the president of the United States. But you have to discover for yourself what plan God has for you. If you really want to follow his plan. And his plan is the best. If you follow another plan, you will be frustrated in life. I mean, you see people who are so confused. They're saying, well, I'm trying to find myself. What that means is they have not discovered the purpose for which God created them. Once you found that plan, that plan will lift you. That plan will take care of your bills. 
take care of your family, your marriage, everything concerning you because God created you for that plan. Every other thing will bring you frustration. And sometimes the frustration can last for life where people die frustrated because they have not discovered the plan for which God created them. God always has a plan. The main plan is for us to be conformed to the image of his son. And out of that plan, because we are so many in Christ, out of that plan, there's a special thing for you to do. Just like the whole body, the eye is not the nose. You have your part in the body of Christ and you have a, he has a plan for your life in that area. Whatever area he's called you to, you know, work on. And if you follow through, you will prosper. Last Sunday, I shared about some, I've listened to basketball players and people who like to act, football players, some musicians. They say, I just enjoy doing this thing. I'm shocked they pay me so much for this. How many heard that? They are shocked that they are being paid. After a while, they, it becomes a part of their life. They expect to be paid. But some of them, initially, they just enjoy playing basketball. And when you're going to play, they go and they're enjoying themselves and they give them millions. And they say, wow, this is wonderful. I heard them say things like that. I'm doing what I love and they're paying me. And some people in a different field, they enjoy what they're doing and they are being paid for it. Why? Because that's what God created them to be. The fullness of that is if you find your place in God. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28 through 30, he says, We know, say with me, we know. We know that in everything, this is uh, the new century version. We know that in everything, God works for the good of those who love him. In traditional King James, says, All things work together for good for those who love God. But this is New Century Version. We know that in everything, God works for the good of those who love him. So no matter what's going on in your life, if you are in God's plan, God's working. Jesus said, my father is working up till now and I work. God is still working. And if you love God, he's working for you, for your good. Everything that comes into your life, even when you don't like it, God is working with it. When he's through with it, you like it. You like it. You may not like it initially because you don't understand what God's doing. Many times you see people putting the ingredients as they cook and you're wondering, Boy, you, if you taste one of them, you don't taste good. But when they put everything together, oh, you want to eat. That's the way with God. You don't know what he's doing, but he says he works for you. That's an amazing thing. That God is working for me. For my good. And that's everyone that's seated right here. Even though you're frustrated in your situation, God's working for you. You may not understand you were down, you were up, but now you're down and you think, well, I've made, maybe I made a mistake. No, if you love God, he's working for you, for your good. All of those things are going to turn out well if you stay still and you stand with your God. We know that in everything, 
Say the word, everything. In everything, God works for the good of those who love him. So I don't have to be afraid of anything. Because God's working for me. They are the people he called. He called you. He's working for you. So he's, he called you because you belong to him. You have, he has a plan for your life. And so he works that plan so that his plan is fulfilled in you. They are the people he called because that was his plan. Amen? What was his plan? To work everything for your good. Think about it. What was his plan? His plan is to work everything for your good. So I've got to find out what is that plan God has for me. And run after it. Dive into it it with everything that you have. Don't hold back. And watch God. Watch God. It's when we second guess and we hesitate that we don't find him. Because Jesus said, he who puts his hand on the plow and hesitates, he's not fit for the kingdom. So you jump into it with everything that you have. Even when people are criticizing and saying negative things about it and trying to turn you back from going that way and accusing you and doing all kinds, keep going because God gave you that plan. It don't make sense to them. It's not their plan. It's your plan. It makes sense to you. So run after it. Hallelujah. Run after it. It's God's plan for your good. And God's working. Every little detail is working. Your finances, your marriage, your, your, your family, your children, your education, whatever. As these thoughts come into your mind, he's there with you. You know, I, again, I go back to that scripture. I, that's the scripture that's excited me so much recently. And Jesus speaking, John chapter 14, verse 20. He says, in that day, in that's the, our time, you will know. And that's what we said. We know. Didn't we start with that? In Romans chapter 8, we know. Jesus said, in that day, we will know. You will know. Paul says, we know. God's working. He says, in that day, you will know that I am in the Father. And you are in me, and I in you. You can't beat that. Every time I show up, guess who showed up? Jesus showed up, carrying the Father with him. (laughs) Because he is in the Father. You can't separate us. Amen? That's why I hate when I hear people talk about, you know, especially when I go back home, when trying to preach, and they said, oh, they got a lot of witches in this village. And they're going to come and destroy, the, they're going to cause confusion. So they'll come out and blow their, their voodoo in the air. <laughs> uh, you just possessed with a little devil. <laughs> I got the father in me, okay? <laughs> if, if I move and the father moves, you're down. <laughs> it doesn't work. I said, we should pray that God will protect me from them. They should be praying that they, that devil will protect them from me coming up. Because God is with me and I'm working his plan. When I'm in his plan, I got nothing to fear. I have nothing to fear. 
In my country, they fear a lot of, they fear witches a lot. But when I went into that village and Paul, Pastor Paul was talking about it, I had a man who had been a witch since he had been a, a young man. He wanted to be free. He walked up to me, he sat down, an elderly man, he says, I want to be free, I'm a witch. Get, me out, get it out of me. I said, no, you came to the right place. Prayed for him, he vomited a little bit. Yes, sir, I'm free and walked out. Why should I be praying to be protected from a witch? <laughs> they have no power. They have no power. I've got all the power. Because I'm in Jesus, and Jesus is in me. He didn't say because I was good. He took me in because of his love and his plan for my life. He took me in into his family through the blood. He knew I was bad. He took care of that so I can be part of his family. I'm wanted. Amen. He wanted me to be part. He wants you to be a part of his family. And he has a plan for your life. And those things that seem so bad, he's working with them. Don't get discouraged. Don't get frustrated. Jesus said, take no thought. Don't worry about it. If you can believe, believe me, all things are possible to the ones who believe. I don't have to worry. Cancer can't kill me. I got Jesus. Amen. Heart attack cannot kill me. And you, I know what you say, but I know that brother, he killed. Well, <laughs> I'm not that brother, okay? <laughs> it's beat unto you according to your faith. But I want God, God's doing the same thing for you. God's working all things for your good. He says in verse 29, For God knew them before he made the world. Guess what? God knew you before he made the world. That puts you in a different class of being. I don't think God was thinking of some animal before he made the world. Knowing you means he knew you personally. We're not talking about, I know Bill Gates. I know of Bill Gates, right? Yeah. Knowing you, may, meaning he knows you intimately. Why? He created you. He formed you. Every bit, bit of your life he formed. Because he wants to work for you. Amen? That's a great honor. God wants to work for me. He said, well, we don't see that. Well, because we're not believing. My people perish for lack of knowledge. They don't know it. They don't know it. God knew them before he made the world. And he chose them to be like his son. So that Jesus will be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. God planned for them. We're talking about plan, right? God planned for them. To be like his son. And those he planned to be like his son, he also called. And those he called, he also made right with him. And those he made right, he also glorified. Jesus said a word. 
And it's hard for me to really, I, when I see scriptures like that, it, it really gets to me. I start weeping because it's hard to, to grasp. Jesus was praying to his father in John 17. He said, glorify me with the glory that I had with you before the world was. That's a mighty glory. And then Jesus said, the glory that you have given to me, I have given to them. That's me. I wear his glory. Now when God talks about glory, that's the essence of the Father. The essence of the Godhead. We don't understand what Jesus did for us. I don't think, I, I, I'm still trying to learn. I don't think I get it yet. If I understand it, I'll have no fear for anything. Just follow his plan. Even if it makes sense or not. Jesus had no fear. He was so confident. He said, I know where I came from. You don't know where you came from. I know where I came from. And I know where I'm going. He was so confident. And God wants us to, he created us and planned for us to be just like Jesus on the earth. You think Jesus will sleep wondering whether he'll eat tomorrow? Or whether he's going to be able to pay his bills tomorrow? Think about it. As he is, so are we in this world. That's why I believe anywhere I go, if I want to pray for the sick, I'll pray for the sick and they will be healed. Not because I'm, I have such great revelation. He is in me and I am in him. And I'm working his plan. Your pl his plan for you may not be a to be a preacher. But you do what he called you to do. It may be just to support the work of God while you are working out there and touching life. Today, one of the greatest regrets I have from, for... I mean, it's not a regret, but, but I think about it. But before I became a preacher, I was always around in the workplace. And I, I had so much privilege to talk to people about Christ. I mean, just, if, you, if you move, if it moves, I witness to it in the workplace. My professor, Texas Siena, the secretary said, when I went there to visit, I said, I'm not doing science anymore. I'm in preaching. He says, well, we all knew you were not going to last long with this science stuff. <laughs> we knew where you were going. And she started saying things to me that I've heard prophesied over my life. That's my uh, major professor's uh, secretary. It's, she says, I'm not going to be shocked if I see this. I can't go into it. And mind your business. <laughs> okay. But God has a plan for you. Just like he did for Moses. You're no different from Moses. In fact, Jesus said, if you live in the New Testament, you're greater. We don't think that way. God cared so much for Moses and everything Moses was doing. He planned Moses' life. Just like he planned your life. I pray that God will give, download this understanding. Amen. Download this understanding. Because once you gain the understanding, you lose the fear. Perfect love casts out all 
fear. When God pours his understanding, that understanding of love into your heart, you lose the fear for everything. For everything. I started as a Christian being very fearful of demons because I heard them speak and I see the manifestations and all of that. After a while, I became afraid because I had no fear for those things at all. I still don't have any fear for any devil because I know Jesus is giving me power over them. I can handle them. I just need to know what's going on. Once I, gather, once I receive that revelation, I can deal with any devil. <laughs> That's not because I'm a pastor. You can do the same thing. Can I hear an amen? You can do exactly the same thing. Because Jesus is in your life. They're not looking to you. They're looking at Jesus who is in your life. And you can do the same thing. And you should lose the fear of what the devil is doing. Stop talking about the devil did this, the devil did that. I don't talk about the devil. I want the devil to be talking about good luck did this and good luck did that. Good luck went that way. What are we going to do? Because Jesus is walking with us. That's what they were doing with Jesus, right? And God said he planned for us to be conformed to the image of Jesus. And that's what the devils were saying. Have you come to destroy us before the time? Did you read that in the scripture? That's you. Amen. That's you. When you show up, devil says, here comes trouble. What are we going to do now? Please stop him from speaking because if he says a word, we're in real trouble. But Christians, we don't understand that. We don't understand that. We elevate Moses of the Old Testament, Elijah of the Old Testament. Yeah, they are great. But Jesus says the least in the kingdom of God is greater. And he's talking about you. And you say, who, me? Me and Elijah? No. Moses knew God's plan for his life. He was born with two nations inside of him, I said. He was raised by his mother, a Jew. He knew that. And then he was raised in Pharaoh's palace, an Egyptian. And he knew that as well. His mother had a plan for him. Pharaoh also had a plan for him. Now, Pharaoh is a type of Satan. And he was holding people in bondage, just like Satan has people in bondage as well. And God wanted to use Moses as the Messiah, the deliverer, to go to Pharaoh, Satan, and say, let my people go. And if you don't, we're going to make the, we're going to make a, the Passover feast. We're going to do the Passover feast and have the blood sacrifice and atonement with blood, right? And when I see the blood, and you, you will let them go. That was Moses' assignment. But Moses went out, killed somebody, an Egyptian, and then he went out the next day. He was excited about it. He was on God's plan, but too early. And he was going to settle a, a fight between two Jews. And one, the one who was wrong said to him, Who made you a prince over us? You can read that, Exodus chapter 2, two verse 14. Who made you a prince over us and a judge? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptians? 
Now Moses knew even though he hid the body, this thing was already out. But that's usually the problem with us. I, I wanted to zero in on this because it's important. Many times we set out to do what God has called us to do. And then as you step out, your very first step, Satan pushes back. And we give up. We give up the fight. And what the enemy does, he throws back at you the things you've done in the past. Has that ever happened to you? Reminds you of all your failures in the past? You get in an argument and then they let you know. And it's very painful. Have you felt like it was all over? There's nothing else you can do. All the hopes you have for your family, your marriage, your children. Something has happened and it seems like there can't be any redemption. And you just want to throw in the towel and see it's all over. That happens to every one of us. Some people actually feel like I've done something so bad. How many have ever felt like you've committed the unpardonable sin? <laughs> you used to feel that way for a while in those days. And I figured God cannot forgive me. But that was Satan accusing people, accusing you. I used to say then, after God freed me from that kind of thinking. I know you don't think I thought that way, but I used to think that way. I must have done something God can never forgive. And I, you, I couldn't tell anyone what I had done. It's just this sense. But the guys in church, he says, well, I believe that I've committed the unpardonable sin. And I'm saying, if you have committed the unpardonable sin, what are you doing in church? <laughs> you can't be in church and you have that. Those who have that, they are outside cursing God. What are you asking for God? It's impossible. But that does happen to people. You feel like you've failed. There were individuals, there's something in the scripture that I'm going to put out to you. It's called, I call it this way, vision gained, vision lost, and vision regained. Vision gained, vision lost, and vision regained. You can see that through the scriptures, how God deals with people. Because you see, God's ways... They have a pattern. And if you understand the pattern, then you can know what's going on. Because it puts you through a, a test. I can tell in my own life concerning this ministry, I've had to go through that as well. You have to go through it. You have to have some kind of a wilderness experience before you finally get into the promised land. It happens to everybody. Don't mean God has abandoned you. Don't mean that God is not walking with you. And sometimes very tough things can happen that will give you a, a, an indication that this is all over. Moses gave it up totally. He ran for his life. Delivering the people of Israel, I don't know what he was thinking, from the hands of Pharaoh. This happened, just one statement from this Jew made him to give it up, left the palace, went into the wilderness. Are you having a wilderness experience in your life? Things seem dry. God's not moving. Where is God? You're not alone. You know the story of Joseph. As a young man, Joseph had a dream. 
after that dream, things happened, and he had a difficult time. David had the same thing. Samson. That was a very tough one. If you read this story, he thought it was all over. There's a thing, it seems like the vision is gone. I'm gone. The Bible tells us that Moses left and went into the wilderness, met with Jethro, and Jethro had, I think, nine children, nine girls. And to them, he was an Egyptian. He wanted to be a Jew. He ran from the plan of God. He was an Egyptian. They didn't see him as a Jew. Jethro gave, gave him his daughter, Zephora, to be his wife. And we'll think, when you read through the scripture, you think it's just one day. It was 40 years. 40 years in the wilderness. 40 years. Moses wasn't thinking about Israelites in Egypt anymore. He was married. He had a son. And he settled. He became a shepherd. God needed him to be one. Let me read this scripture to you. Before he found the burning bush. God has a way of getting you back to your vision after you've lost it. It says in Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 through 3, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, which why the bush uh, burned and it wasn't consumed. Moses had become a shepherd. He had resigned himself to being a shepherd. But something was burning inside of him. I'd like you to see what's going on here. I don't believe that Moses totally gave up his dream. Because something, there was a fire inside of him, but he was not consumed with it. He was doing nothing with it. And so God appeared to him in that flame of fire and he turned to see what it is. And in that vision, God gave him back his dream and his fire. God has a way of rekindling the dream that you have lost. And when that time comes, he'll let you know something is going to happen if you are following his plan. Something is going to happen to turn your eyes back to it again. And God will change you and the fire comes in. That's the fire that will not go away. But it's inside. You feel like a failure, but from time to time, you're thinking, well, if I hadn't done this, this wouldn't have happened. Now, this thing is all over. Well, God's going to bring the fire back into your life. Amen? 
God's going to do that. God does that with every one of them. With Joseph. Let me start with Jacob. Jacob stole the birthright of his brother. He was going to receive the blessings of Abraham. And then he went and was living with Laban. And as he lived with Laban, after many years, he said, I've worked so many years, I got nothing to show for it. No blessing. And in, you can check it, Genesis chapter 31, God gave him a dream. And that the essence of that dream was the vision for speckled goats, spotted cattle, and sheep. After he saw that vision, he had a plan. He was back into it. And God blessed him. Joseph, with all of his dreams, he gave up all those dreams. I don't think Joseph was thinking about getting back to where God showed him. All he was trying to do was survive. And now Joseph had gone so low, he was in prison. And then all of a sudden, Pharaoh's baker and Pharaoh's butler came in. And guess what God used to rekindle it? A dream, dreams. The same thing he had from the beginning. These two guys had a dream. And he interpreted their dream. He was a dreamer. He could interpret dream. God brought the fire back. He interpreted the dream. And then he told them, you can see Joseph thinking, don't forget me. You remember that scripture? Don't forget me. When you get back to the palace. The fire came. And the day came. God brought him back. David was anointed. And like the story of Samson, that's really tragic. He lost his eyes. His hair was gone. He was just in the, just grinding grain. But I'm sure he was thinking about everything that God had put in him, how he, he got to lost everything. But strangely enough, his hair was growing. Amen? His hair was growing. And then one single prayer. God changed everything for him. God will give you back your vision. God will commit to you your vision if you will turn back to him. Now let me go back to Moses. Why is it that Moses was not willing to go back to Egypt? Why? Why was he not willing to commit? Moses said, I can't do this. Find somebody else. I can't speak. I can't do these things. This was a man who had so much confidence in the beginning. Now he had no confidence in himself. When you begin to work God's plan... The key thing in your life that will always be there, you will never be able to have confidence in your own ability. That's when you are following God's will. If you have too much confidence in yourself like Samson, you're not walking in his way. But when you feel like I can't handle it on my own, I need God. 
Moses wasn't praying to God when he went out to kill the first time. But after that day, when God rekindled the fire in him and he became committed, meaning he burnt and was consumed, okay, he accepted it, he accepted the responsibility. It was not just burning and not being consumed, he accepted the uh, responsibility and he burned and was consumed by division. And he went back. But in the early time, he wouldn't talk to God. He just went out to do it. When you are walking with God, one thing you'll know, quickly realize, I'm not an expert, I need God. And so you must pray. Notice how much Jesus spent praying, how much time Jesus spent praying, talking to his father. If the plan of God in your life will come to pass, you must be a praying person. Otherwise, Satan will sidetrack you. First, you must commit. The sense of not able to not being able to do this on your own is a good sign. Too much confidence in yourself means you're going to lose it. You will lose it. And God has a way of bringing you to a place where you realize, I cannot do this on my own. I need God. David killed Goliath, but before long he was running all over the place. David actually said, this Saul is going to kill me one day. And notice what David would do. He, before he does anything, he'll say to God, Should I go? Are you going to give them into my hands? He wasn't depending on the fact that he was anointed and could do it. He was totally depending on the Lord. If you are going to work out God's plan for your life, you have to be a praying person. You have to depend on him. And one thing I noticed about God, if you ask him, he'll answer you. If you really desire to hear from him, he'll let you know. He'll let you know. But you must commit. Moses was not willing to commit. Many of us are not willing yet to commit to what God has called us to do. You know why? I heard it before. God, I don't want to get saved because I figured that if I get saved, you're going to send me to Africa to be a missionary. How many have heard that before? They don't want to commit. God, I don't want to do this because people are going to criticize me. Nobody's going to understand. They are not willing to commit. But Jesus said, if you want to do God's will, you got to give everything. You got to count the cost. If you have the fire in you, you're not doing anything. You are like the burning bush. It burns, but it's not consumed. Commitment is what, that's what is equal to being totally burned by what you're doing. Some minister said, if you burn, they will come to watch. Amen? You got to burn and be consumed by it. Jesus said in Luke chapter 14, he said, the Bible tells us, now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, Wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also. He cannot be my disciple. Think about it. If you're going to follow God's plan for your life, these things are very important. We're going to be closing with this. 
you have to decide if conditional anyone comes to me or if anyone wants to follow me and does not hate his father that doesn't mean you have to hate jesus he's not asking you to hate in other words compared to your love for him it's like hate because you're so committed consumed by this when you are consumed you're gone by it that's what he's asking for if you're not going to do this hate your father mother wife and children brothers and sisters yes and his own life also he cannot this scripture used to really bother me he cannot be my disciple how can i be your disciple you can't do it all you have to do is to be willing that's all he's asking that's what he was asking moses go just go once you're willing you're consumed all he's asking for from you is willingness many times it's scary but you have to be willing it's just like jesus praying in the garden remember praying before he went to the cross father take this cup away from me and then he said not my will but your will be done he can do it himself he said give it to me then i'll drink it but after that he was a different man when he left that garden he was a different man you have to be willing you have to lay everything down many things that you give to god he gives him back right back to you multiplied but he won't tell you when he's asking you to give it first you give it first and then he'll take it the boy that had five loaves of bread wasn't expecting 12 12 baskets full of bread he felt he's giving his lunch away that's what is happening jesus said and whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple if you are afraid of being criticized if you have been if you are afraid of being talked down to because of your faith then you are not ready to follow christ you're not really ready and he knows it a lot of people say we are all, we belong to the lord jesus because i, I made up you know I, I said this prayer yeah maybe i don't know god's going to be the one to judge but jesus the bible says god knows those who are his he knows those who belong to him and you will know because his spirit will confirm to you yeah you belong to him and you got no doubt this is so important he is asking you verse 28 for which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost whether he has enough to finish it to finish it means just commit to it totally god has a plan for your life and i'm asking you this morning to commit to that plan whatever it is if you don't know what it is ask god to show you everyone is not called to be a preacher but everyone is called to be a child of god that's number one everyone is called to be a child of god god's calling you just like he called jeremiah if you're here this morning and you've not answered the call you need to answer that call god, lord jesus i'm answering your call come into my life after you become a part he'll show you his plan if you are already a part of the kingdom of god and you need god to show you his plan talk to him about it he will tell you he may ask you to stop doing certain things and turn to another path and it's never too late it's never too late 
some of you god may be calling for ministry it's never too late you can do that today stand up with me this morning we got to give everything to the lord i've made up my mind there's nothing to live for except for jesus there's nothing i got nothing to prove to anybody don't want to impress anybody it's a constant battle because you're constantly fighting it because in your mind you want to you want to look good right it's there but it's a constant battle but i've made up my mind i know i don't want to impress anybody i just want to do what god called me to do and in so doing god's going to walk in my life i know that i'm going to go home to be with him someday you will be go, going home to be with him someday i pray that god will cause you to commit everything to him hold nothing back and god will reveal himself just like he showed that young man heaven god will begin to reveal himself to you and reveal his son to you and reveal the power that's in your life for him today god can do that for you today god can do that for you today all eyes closed and this is really serious no games with god don't play games with god i will ask everybody here today make up your mind i'm no longer playing games with god you know i do that i tell him god i'm not playing games forgive me for the times i've acted in ways not sinful but in my mind it's just something to do no i don't want that i want to go all the way for god i want to go all the way totally sold out so that his plan will be revealed when god knows that you are not thinking about his plan he doesn't bother with you draw near to god and he will draw near to you today god is saying you can draw near to me you can draw near to me and i'm encouraging you to draw near to god this morning and sell out to the lord god almighty no say to him whatever you want god i'm ready to go i'm going to be consumed burning to the point where i'm totally consumed all heads bow this morning if you have not made a commitment to the lord jesus christ and you need him into your life as your lord and savior maybe you did it before but you were not really serious but today you're saying i am serious i want jesus in my life there's going to be a miracle taking place in your life this morning if you do that all heads bowed all eyes closed you're here this morning and you want jesus to be the lord and savior of your life then you mean it from the heart put your hand up quickly and put it down right now thank you thank you thank you everyone that wants to totally sell out to god and you please don't put your hands up if you don't mean it i'm i'm not going to be offended again i'm not going to prove anything but if you really mean for god to take over your life today and no matter where he leads you will follow the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he leads you in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake how many today will say god i want you to lead me i'm totally selling if that's you please put up your hands and mean it but if you don't want to please don't put up your hand don't insult him with that Put your hands up to him and tell him i'm totally selling out to you god today let your spirit take over my life thank you jesus if that's you i need you to come and join me and i'm part of this i'm totally giving everything i want his plan for my life if that's you join me right here 
join me right here thank you Jesus you know the Lord is looking for volunteers people to work for him people to work for him I made up my mind long ago before I knew that before I ever thought about becoming a preacher I will do whatever God wants me to do I want to be a volunteer I'm not going to stand and the pastor is saying we need so so and so somebody to do it even if I don't have the talent I'll try I don't know, some of us here don't know that I actually led praise and worship in this church some time ago because we didn't have. That was painful, both for them and for me. <laughs> but I had to do something because it was needed. Amen? You give it all to the Lord. I'm going to pray for God's anointing to come upon your life this morning. I'm going to do that. And God's going to give you a greater anointing because you're standing with him here this morning. And your heart will be changed because of the anointing. That's what happened to Saul. When he, he got anointed with Saul, but with, uh, by Samuel, he had a new heart when he left. God's going to anoint you today and a new day has begun in your life. I pray that God will begin to show himself to you reveal himself to you in a new way like you've never seen before let's lift our hands up to the lord today father god i thank you thank you we surrender ourselves to your will we surrender ourselves to your plan lord we are willing to give it all We've counted the cost. Following you is not that costly. We are going to follow you wherever you lead, oh God. Holy Spirit, pour your power into us. Change our hearts and our minds. Give us the tongue of the learned and the ear of the learned so we can hear and obey you thank you father thank you father in jesus name and god's people said amen god bless you go back to your seat i want to encourage you we're not totally closed because i have an agenda our church needs workers we have to work for God 